3: Is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively.
0: This is where sports talk gets real. That
3: word, playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: And now, here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello everyone, I am
3: sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. We delve into all kinds of issues like sportsmanship, mindsets, coach-athlete relationships, what winning and losing mean, what success and failure mean. How do you build confidence in an athlete? How do you destroy it? How do you handle adversity? I've been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist in Kansas City, and I've been on the radio now for 27 years. The last 17 here at our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Overland Park, Kansas. And I love doing this show with you each week because we talk about the mental side of sports. And we talk about things that aren't really talked about a lot on other shows because I try to look at it from the angle I've had as a sports psychologist working with all levels. I've been the team psychologist for professional teams, the Olympic team, collegiate teams. Been in private practice, as I said, for 37 years and work with athletes all over the place and all kinds of athletes boys, girls, men, women. And one of the things that I like to talk about on this show is the topic of sportsmanship. And all you have to do is go on social media every week and you'll find something some display of poor sportsmanship or some display of great sportsmanship. And it's sad to me how much poor sportsmanship is displayed around our country. I'm going to share a couple of stories that have happened this past week. Issues with clients that I work with in my office. One young man is a high school baseball pitcher. He graduated after this game. They lost in their district championships. Very close game, lost in the bottom of the seventh inning, as high school games go seven innings. The team was awarded the second-place plaque given to their coach. They then had a team meeting after the game, and the coach threw the plaque down on the ground. It cracked. Tremendously upset a number of parents. Words were exchanged very heatedly. I got a long text message from one mother explaining how angry she was at his behavior. He then tried to back it up by saying, I didn't mean to break the plaque. Well, he threw it down in anger because they didn't win. Okay, I can be understanding of the fact that they wanted to win, they didn't win. But do you throw down a plaque and break it? No. What does that say to the athletes who you coach? I know the young man that I work with told me, because Doc is just par for the course with him, sort of the way he is. He's got a temper, and sometimes that affects some of the guys on the team, and they have a temper. Not what I would consider good sportsmanship. Another situation was with a young man I work with who's a high school golfer playing in the state high school championship in Kansas. His team, Blue Valley North High School, won the championship but was disqualified and got second because a coach in another team, not the team that won, but a coach in another team, claimed that three of their athletes cheated by telling other people what club they were going to hit, which is against the rules. The young man that I see told me, Dr. Jacobs, I didn't do that. We talked about what club after I hit it, and I, my shot was on the green, and this, this coach claimed that I was cheating. I asked him point blank, did you do anything wrong? He said, no, I did not. I wouldn't do that. And I've worked with this young man for about three months now, and I, I truly believe that. Sportsmanship. How important should it be? I want to talk about that today and get your opinion. So if you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you. I want to open up our phone lines so we can get some calls in here and get some discussion going. Our number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I'm here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 in Kansas City. And our show is syndicated around the country now. And we talk about this topic. I want to get some calls in here. I want to get your opinion of how important sportsmanship should be versus winning. Which should be more important? As a coach, what do you think? As a parent, what do you think? As an athlete, what do you think? Herm Edwards, when he was the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, had a quote. You play to win the game. At the professional level, that's true. When you go out to compete in any athletic event, you want to succeed. But is it about winning at the youth sport level, at the high school level, or is it about growing and learning and developing? What age does winning really become important? In our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes for Youth Sports, that I co-wrote with Olympic Hall of Fame swim coach Pete Malone and Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery. Pete coached five gold medals in the Olympics. Monty has the Kansas City Royals all-time saves record. We discussed this. We all agree that winning, in our opinion, shouldn't really become that important until middle school, junior high, age 13, 14. Up until then, is it important to win? Well, yeah, of course it is. You want to win. You don't want to lose. You want to, but I think it's more important to want to succeed, to want to get better, to want to grow, and that's the theme. That's the focus that I want to talk about, because sportsmanship to me is about teaching kids, teaching parents, teaching coaches, I think how to conduct yourself and your behavior. Yes, you want to go out and succeed and play well. You want to succeed and go out and play well, but I think it's important to emphasize the art of fair play, following the rules, and doing things the right way. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Our topic today is sportsmanship. I'd like to hear from you. Our number is 913-3810-810. 913 3810 I'd like to get you of how important it is versus winning. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on the leader in sports. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And I'm here every week and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today's topic is the issue of sportsmanship. How important should sportsmanship be versus winning? I shared a story about a coach, a high school coach, lost their district championships and threw the plaque they got for second place down when he was about to address his team, and it broke. Why would somebody do that? There was a lot of heated discussion amongst parents with the coach after the game. Why would somebody do that? I think that's being a poor sport. Okay, you didn't win. You got second. But I think behavior like that transfers down to the athletes. All right, our number here is i I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, how important should sportsmanship be? If you are a coach, do you teach sportsmanship to your athletes? How do you discuss it? And what do you do when you have an athlete who displays poor sportsmanship? Let's see what Michael has to say. Michael, good morning, sir. Thanks for holding on. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. You're welcome.
2: Um, I've uh, coached Little League uh, from rec- recreation to up to competitive high school. And um, I-, I think at the very beginning, at the littlest level, I think it's very important that the kids, first of all, learn how to play the game and and they need to learn the fundamentals, and the first three letters of fundamentals is fun. They need to enjoy it. They, I've seen um, parents and coaches at the earliest levels, recreation levels, steal the fun out of it by putting too much emphasis on winning. And um, at the high school level, it certainly becomes more important, I think, uh, to start winning. But at the same time, I have a daughter that's on a team that... Uh, they lost their district championship, and, and in my opinion, I thought they were the better team. But they just didn't perform that day how they needed to. And the coach stayed behind and and um, congratulated the other team. And he's much younger than I am. And I thought he displayed an excellent character trait for all the teammates to witness. You know, when you don't win, it's hard to be a good sport. And for me, I like <laughs> I hate to lose. I'm very competitive, but it's important that you've got to know, that kids need to know, that you're not going to win every time. And really your character shows out what happens when you do lose. Are you a good sport? Are you a good human being? Um, you just got to remember those traits. I, I, don't think, I don't think we sell enough on that.
3: Well, how do we, do we teach do them, Michael? What do you think we have to do to teach this better? Because I, I have my own opinions being in practice for 37 years. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to hear from you. Where do we we have to start teaching that, and who do we need to teach it to first?
2: Well, it's kind of like school. I'm also a school teacher. Really, why not at the pre-K level? Um, uh, just start there. You know, it's good to have good sportsmanship. You want to have fun. Um, I was I was teaching middle school. I have I was uh, involved in a chess tournament, and a lot of the kids had never played before. However, it's, a lot of them played against kids who had and what I had seen is the kids who had played before demonstrated good sportsmanship they even after the game was over would share you know this is the moves I did and I think you can get better by maybe trying some of these moves out and really I think it starts at the earliest level and it just needs to be uh, circled back to or scaffold and continue to build on as you get older all the way up to the pro level I mean really who do you have at the end of the day when you're all done, when you're retired from sports? How do you want to be remembered? Are you going to be remembered as the crybaby who, who didn't like it when they lost? Who couldn't deal with, you know, adversity? Who couldn't deal with um, being human and losing? Or, or do you want to be known as that person, hey, even when you lost, you were able to show great character and help others learn from defeat? Um, I think it starts all the time, and it just needs to be practiced all the way up through, well, shoot, till retirement years.
3: Well, I, I think it's something we can all learn, and obviously, how we treat other people and the respect we show other people to me is a big piece of this. And if you lose, if you're if you're a poor loser, and you start calling people names, that doesn't accomplish anything. I think the key thing is is, and I agree with what you've said. I think it needs to start with the parents as a coach, and I think you in your preseason meeting. That you should all have with your teams, you share and discuss your viewpoints on the season and what you want to do. But you talk about sportsmanship and you talk about parents' behaviors, and you talk about how you would like to see the parents handle themselves when the team doesn't play well or when their son or daughter doesn't play well. Because it shouldn't Absolutely. be about it shouldn't be about the score as much. As it should be about what do they learn? I that's what I think because we're all going to screw up. I don't know anybody who screws up who doesn't screw up. I have a sign. A, a framed picture in my office. Babe Ruth struck out one thousand three hundred thirty times. And when you walk in my office, Michael, it's, if you look straight ahead, it's what you see. And I've got that there for a reason because I want people to understand that the greatest people fail and fail a lot. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's okay to fail, and kids need to know that. It's I mean, and it's no attribute that hey, if you lose, it doesn't mean you're a loser for life. Uh, you you just lost that day. It's it's time to move on, do better next
3: time. Yeah. Well, listen. And, yeah, so I,
2: I agree absolutely. Preseason meeting. I know most organizations they do, even leagues do, but uh, somewhere in the course of the line, I've seen it be be lost. You know, um, sometimes I I have to check myself. Quite frankly, I said, okay, I got to remember why we're doing this.
3: Well, it's and it, yeah, and look, it's frustrating when you're not doing well when the team isn't playing well. But it's like you 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 said something early in in our discussion, the first three letters and the word fundamentals are fun and that's what it should be about and i think that was a great comment and that's something that we should all emphasize listen sir thank you for your call congratulations on on the way you're coaching it sounds like you're doing a great job i appreciate your call this morning
2: thank you doctor
3: take care all right that frees up our lines now at nine one three three eight ten eight ten i want to hear from you about sportsmanship that's what we're talking about today if you're a coach i'd like to hear an example of good sportsmanship that you have seen, that you have witnessed. If you're a parent, I'd like to hear an example that you'd like to share with us of good sportsmanship that was displayed by maybe your team or the opposing team that your son or daughter was playing against. Let's talk about some good sportsmanship today, as well as an example of poor sportsmanship that was displayed by somebody. As I said earlier, this this high school coach who threw down the second place place plaque because they didn't win. In my opinion probably taught those kids more actually by doing that than had he not done that because the parents on this high school team were angry. There was apparently a lot of heated discussion going on. I got a a long text message from my mother on this team. But maybe these kids learned something that, you know what, you've got to learn to control your behavior. When a coach throws a plaque down because they didn't come in first because he's upset they got second, to me can be a great learning situation for those kids all right our number here is 913 3810 810 i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs here every week we talk about these topics on this show it's a sports psychology hour from our flagship station here sports radio 10whb in kansas city i want to hear from you if you're a coach what is an example of great sportsmanship that you've seen or you have witnessed maybe from your an opposing team an opposing coach opposing parents like to hear from you on that. And I also like to hear from you if you have seen some really bad sportsmanship displayed in an athletic event that you've been at. If you're a parent, you know, sitting in the stands watching a game, and I have 28 and 27 year old sons now, so it's been a while, but I watched them growing up playing baseball, basketball, soccer. My youngest son swam until his senior year in college. I went to a lot of sporting events. And as a parent, I saw some unbelievably awful things. I saw a coach at a little league, nine-year-old little league game, grab a player by his neck and throw him against the fence in the dugout because he tried to steal and fell down. An altercation occurred there. I actually confronted the guy and he threatened me because I said, let go of him. And then he dropped him and looked at me and then threw some expletives at me. It was ridiculous. Nine-year-old Little League Rec Baseball Game. These things go on all the time because parents' egos get in the way. Adults' egos get in the way. All right, our phone number here is 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're a parent. I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete or if you're an umpire, referee, and official. If you're a referee or an umpire, I know there are a lot of people who tell me, that they officiate and listen to this show. What is an example of good sportsmanship you have seen displayed before? I want to hear from you, get your stories, get your opinions, and how can we teach good sportsmanship to young people? What's the best way to do it? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour and live from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today's topic is the issue of sportsmanship. How important should sportsmanship be if you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, if you're an official? I'd like to hear some examples of good sportsmanship that have been displayed that you've witnessed before. I'd also like to hear some examples of bad sportsmanship, and let's talk about it. Our number is 913. 913- 3 eight ten i 8, would 10. like to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent. If you're a parent, what disgusts you about youth sports? What do you not like about it? And what can we do to change it? Because that's why this show's here. That's why I talk about this on the show. What can we do to make things better? Let's go to the phones. Let's see what Tom has to say. Tom, how are you this morning, sir?
0: Fine, thank you. Uh, I'm a retired high school football, basketball, and golf coach. And um
3: Hold on, hold on! Before you say anything, which one was your favorite sport to coach?
0: Probably basketball. Because uh, it's a game of reaction, and the intensity develops discipline and other areas that are pretty important in sports. I, I just think it's uh, it's just more action, more fun.
3: I, I agree with you. Great, great comment on that. Go, go ahead.
0: Um, an example of—I've got two. An example of good sportsmanship and one of bad sportsmanship. Uh, our high school historically hosted a tournament in basketball, and uh, we beat the number one-ranked team in the tournament. Our school did well. This particular coach that we beat, who is well-known historically throughout the city. We heard him yelling in the locker room afterwards, and after everybody left, we went down and um, see if there was any damage to the locker room. He had thrown his second-place trophy in the trash. So we, of course, pulled it out, and when I saw him again, <laughs> I gave it to him, which was kind of fun. But uh,
3: How did he react to that?
0: Oh, he just laughed. I mean... He he, uh, was a very successful coach, and I I like the guy a lot. But he was. But he threw. But he
3: threw the second place trophy in the trash.
0: In the trash with his kids, you know, in front of his kids, and so forth. And
3: so you may excuse me. So you may like the guy and all that, but he's that's that's ridiculous. Okay, so so it's all about winning for him.
0: Exactly. Very demeaning to the players. And uh, I don't know if his players cared for him that much, to be honest with you, but I I don't know. But that's that's an example of poor sportsmanship. One thing I used to teach my kids in football especially and basketball, but if you respect your opponent, you're going to be one up on them, in my opinion. And one way to respect them is to show them, First of all, hit first and hit the hardest in in football. Now, once you knock the guy down, help him up. You don't have to talk to him. Just help him up and play football. And I think the fact that you respected him to some extent, he was going to respect you. And the sportsmanship, therefore, is remembered, in my opinion.
3: Well, Tom, I agree with you 100%, but it's amazing how many people and I've seen this personally, where in a game like that, where you knock the opponent down, you, you pick him up, the coach then demeans the player for doing that.
0: Yeah, well, coach. some of the coaches today uh, amaze me. Well, um, my
3: favorite saying that I, I like to share on this show is, a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs a sports psychologist.
0: <laughs>
3: and and I think it should be about behavior, it should be about respect. Yeah, we want to win, you go out to win, but you're not always going to win, and if you don't, you need to figure out why and what happened and what you need to change to make it better. But you respect what went on. And if you lost, you shake the person's hand, you shake the other team's hands, and you move on. And you learn and grow from that. But sitting there and screaming and yelling and throwing second-place trophies in the trash only demeans yourself and shows the type of person you really are. Listen, Tom, I want to get some other calls. Thank you for your call, sir. I appreciate it. Thank Congratulations thank you. on coaching so many sports and obviously doing it successfully. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, let's see what Brian has to say. Brian, good morning, sir. Thanks for holding. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, sir?
3: Great. Get your comments this morning.
1: As I uh, am heading off to umpire as we speak, uh, I am a softball umpire fast pitch. uh, But when I first started, it was in baseball, and I was doing a tournament locally here, uh, a 12-and-under state tournament, and one of the worst things I ever seen was a pitcher uh, wasn't I guess the coach was calling the pitches but the pitcher uh wasn't pitching where the coach you know i guess the pitches he thought and so in between half innings when they came in he uh, grabbed him and he he wasn't he didn't strangle him he didn't choke him but he kept throwing him up he, he called him out of the dugout and then they kind of walked halfway down and then he just started pushing him up against the fence well the inning was getting ready to start and he was still doing it and so as an umpire, I'm like, you know, everybody's watching this. Everybody's seeing this, uh, you know. And so I basically told him, I called time and I said, coach, that's enough. I said, uh, this kind of behavior can't be tolerated. I said, I'm not going to tolerate it. I mean, uh, this kid, no matter what he's done or whatever, doesn't deserve this. So I said, this is your warning, uh, from here on out. If I see or hear anything, then you'll be gone.
3: How, you know? how old were these kids?
1: Well, it was a 12 and under, so they could have been 11 or 12. Okay. And this is a pretty prestigious uh, club here in town that, you know, frequents a lot of these tournaments. So they're pretty well known. And it just, you know, as an umpire, it makes our job really rough because you'll know right off the bat if a player says something and a coach says, "Don't, you know, don't open your mouth, you just know and then there's sometimes when a coach doesn't even have to say anything and the players just act like you know you know they've been there done that they know how to act they know how you know uh, to treat an umpire you know we're not perfect we make mistakes and you know one of the things I always like to or I always tell coaches is uh, you attract more bees uh, with sugar than you do vinegar
3: well let and me so, let me ask you a question Brian. How did this uh, coach react when you told him that?
1: It was kind of, uh, it's almost like, because uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, after the game, a parent actually came up to me and said, you know, this is not the first time that happened. I said, well, if I was you, I would say something to the people that run this uh, team. When I said something to him, he actually, he didn't, he, he kind of stood back and, he didn't like the fact that kind of somebody kind of confronted him and said, "Look, this type of behavior isn't acceptable."
3: Well, I mean, good coaches check their egos at the door. It's right. not about the coach; it's about the players. And whenever anybody acts like that, first, first of all, you don't you don't. If you touch somebody, I mean, it's one thing to you know pull them over and get their attention. That's one thing, but in the heat of anger or something like that, you know, there are some people can be charged with assault for stuff like that. Right. I mean, I talked about a few weeks ago on this show a, a volleyball player out in California who I've talked to. And 15-year-old young lady, wonderful young lady, uh, has a coach who's pretty much a jerk who cursed and yelled at girls at a tournament and then grabbed one of the girls. My opinion, that coach should be fired hands down. Shouldn't be allowed to coach anymore. They right. suspended him for one match. I think he should be gone because, you know what, and he's this is a guy who's coached a long time. He sent an email apologizing, it was a very shallow email, apologizing for his behavior, and then apparently apparently he's continued to curse the girls at practice and things like that. You know, I that's that's all about the coach. And I think as an umpire, you see this type of stuff, and it's your job to obviously say something, and if they don't like it, you know what? Then that's this is the whole reason why I'm talking about sportsmanship. It should be about at the youth sport level, it shouldn't be yes, you want to win the game, I get that. But it should really about what are you learning. And if you display good sportsmanship and you learn from that, you're going to become a better person down the road. If you display bad sportsmanship, you're teaching lessons to those kids that could be positive or negative. And it's your job as an official and umpire referee to really put the hammer down and and set some some parameters on what you're doing. And I, I want to congratulate you for doing that because you did the right thing by confronting him. So my question, and then we'll let you go here, did he do it again or did he back off?
1: No, for the rest of the game, he was basically, he kind of, it, it was almost like a whipped pup. I mean, he just he just kind of sat on his bucket and didn't say a whole lot more the rest of the game. So
3: Because, you, because you, you called him out, and he probably realized he was wrong. Listen, Brian, thank you, sir. Good luck umpiring today. Have a great time. Drink a lot of water. It's going to be hot out there.
1: All right, thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you for your call.
3: All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Our topic is sportsmanship today. I'd like to hear from you who's had some great calls so far. I want to hear from you and get an example of good sportsmanship you have seen displayed at a youth sporting event or a high school event. As a parent, as a coach, as an athlete, as an official, what's an example of good sportsmanship you've seen? And have you seen some poor sportsmanship displayed and what was done about it? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810. WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and we're here every week and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today's topic is a good one. It's about sportsmanship, the importance of sportsmanship in youth sports, in professional sports, whatever level you want to talk about. I'm here to discuss it with you, and we have a wide-open phone board now. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're a parent. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete or an official. What is an example of good sportsmanship you have seen displayed in an athletic event? Our number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. You know, I've been in practice for 37 years. I've been on the radio now in Kansas City for 27 years. I love doing this show because we talk about things like this topic that I think people need to hear. To me, sportsmanship is about the way you express and display your personality, how you handle yourself in good times and bad times, in adversity and regular situations. Good sportsmanship is about respect. I think we all know we have an issue with respect in our country now, and I think it should be displayed across the the board all the way from the top down. And a lot of times when people are called names... I think that's insulting, I think it's degrading, and I think it's wrong. I do not agree with calling people names. I think it's a sign of insecurity on the person's part who calls those people names. So when you are a coach and you make fun of other people or pick on people, I think you're showing your insecurities. When you're a leader, you're doing that. It shows your insecurities. And in youth sports, I think it should be about what our caller earlier said, the first three words... Or th- excuse me, the first three letters in the word fundamentals are fun, F-U-N. Great point. It should be about fun, about having fun, enjoying the experience, learning and growing. Sportsmanship is displayed across the board in a lot of ways. Good sportsmanship, bad sportsmanship. Bad sportsmanship typically comes out, I think, when a coach's ego gets in the way, when parents' egos or athletes' when the egos get in the way. It becomes more about you than about the team or about the experience. Look, we're all human. We display emotions. We display feelings. We express them, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively. And when you're in the midst of an athletic event, especially a very intense event like a basketball game or a soccer game or something like that, there's going to be not much time to catch a breath because you're constantly going, Now, something like golf or tennis or bowling or baseball you've got a moment in between plays to sort of decompress and get it get it together self-control is so important and i think a coach's job is to teach young people behavior not just fundamentals not just how to hit the ball or how to tackle somebody or how to shoot a ball but how to act and i also think it starts with the parents so we've still got plenty of time to take take a call i want to hear from you if you're a coach and Can you share an example of good sportsmanship you've seen? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week and we talk about these topics. 913-3810-810. What is an example of good sportsmanship you have seen displayed recently? I started the show talking about the high school coach, the high school baseball coach in a district championship when his team lost in the bottom of the last inning, he then took the plaque they got for finishing second, threw it down, and it broke. It upset a lot of parents. Some words were exchanged. Some parents were pretty heated, pretty angry. And I got a long text, as I mentioned earlier, from a mom of one of the players, a young man I've worked with, about what happened. She was thoroughly disgusted with the coach, and she said she lost it. Then she lost it, and she had some very choice words to say that she regretted and she apologized later and she said i guess i need to learn better ways to handle myself as well i said look losing isn't fun nobody likes to lose i don't know anyone who likes to lose but we're all going to fail it's going to happen i don't care what level of sport you play i don't care how good you are you're going to screw up i mean great teams lose championships they don't always win We've got the NBA championships about to start. We have Game 7 in both West and Eastern Conferences going on between the Celtics and the Cavaliers and the Rockets and the Warriors now. One team is going to win and one team is going to lose. Two teams are going to go on. Two teams are going to go home. It's 3-3 in both series. Obviously, all four great teams. Is the team that loses, are they going to throw a hissy fit and break things and flip out? They're not going to be happy. And I'm sure behind the scenes, they'll be pretty ticked off. But you know what? They'll also probably show respect for the team that wins. Because when you get to this point and you're at this level, everybody's good. And I think the lesson we can learn from all this is that Good sportsmanship starts with the adults. It starts with the behavioral displays. It starts with how you act. And I think as a good coach, you teach your athletes You teach your athletes how to act. And it starts with, I think, teaching the coaches and the parents. I mentioned earlier the importance of the preseason meeting. I think a preseason meeting should be a requirement in all youth sporting events. And that preseason meeting should involve a discussion with coaches and parents and players. Not just about guidelines for practices and practice schedules and things like that, but a discussion about behaviors A discussion about actions at games and practices. A discussion about what is accepted and what isn't. A discussion about how you perform. A discussion about how you react when you lose and fail. And how those can be teaching moments. I think it's really, really important. Really, really important to do that. In fact, it's even more important to do that, in my opinion, than it is to win or lose the game. Because to me, I think in the end, it comes down to this. Performance and results are going to be affected by behavior. Behavior is how you act, what you learn. And behavior is learned by kids, by modeling adults. So if you're a parent in the stands during a game, how do you act? How do you react to situations when things don't go well? Do you scream and yell? Do you curse at the officials? Do you lose control of your behavior? Or are you someone who has good self-control? I think it's important to think about that, and these are all things that should be discussed in the preseason meeting. Now, during the course of a year, obviously, emotions will come out. Emotions are going to be displayed. Some people won't be happy with certain things, but you have to talk about that. It's so important to discuss these things. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Our shows are podcasted on my website, winnersunlimited.com. They're also podcasted at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Next week, I'm going to have a great show. Because next week, I'm going to interview my cousin. My cousin is Patrice Wolfson. She owned Affirmed. Forty years ago, Affirmed won the Triple Crown, the 11th horse to win the Triple Crown. And maybe the greatest Belmont race ever, beating Alidar by a nose to win the Triple Crown. My cousin doesn't do many interviews anymore, but she's going to be on with me next Sunday. And we're going to talk about that great race, the great rivalry between those two incredible horses. A firm is ridden by a jockey named Steve Cawthon, who is 17 years old. It's going to be a great interview, a lot of fun. I hope you join in, tell people about it. Patrice doesn't do many interviews, as I said. We're going to talk, and plus... I know the situation. I got to see Affirmed race in person six times. One of the greatest horses ever. Justify is on the verge of possibly winning the 13th Triple Crown. In 144 years, only 12 horses have done it. And it was 37 years between Affirmed and American Pharaoh three years ago. it be a fun interview next week with my cousin Patrice Wolfson. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Show syndicated around the country now. Hope you enjoy listening. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at at DRJSportsPsych. Send me an email at drj at and you can always reach me at my office at 816-561-5556. Have a great week. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour.